Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, thanks for joining me today. Nice to have you along. I'm really looking forward to my chat today with Simon Kenwright, the co-founder of Optimized Talent. Optimized Talent's goal is to help organizations thrive by transforming performance and well-being. And they do that via consultancy, on-demand coaching and change programs. So, Simon, thanks very much for chatting today. Thanks, Ben. It's lovely to have the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, and whereabouts are you in this world today? I am in Hoxton in East London. Uh, been, Lovely. Yeah, it's a nice part of the world. And uh, I've got, uh, I was lucky enough to have a, a nice home office, which enables me to, you know, in this new COVID world, to have a, a space that feels cocoon like and able, you know, where I can able to focus my, my thinking and uh, file some papers. So it, it, it's, all, it's all worked out quite well. Nice. I actually have a, a, a client in London who I speak to sometimes and her home office, um, the, the, my contact there, um, sun streams in from, from the rooftop window there. And, um, but it only gets half of the, the desk. So basically she gets half a tan. Every day, it seems. So, so just be wary of that one. Um, Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to this chat. Why don't we start with what's your background and what led you to co-found Optimized Talent, which was apparently the fruition of a post-pandemic merger? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I guess the, the, the story of what kind of got us to the point of creating Optimized Talent has a few kind of little twists and turns uh, uh, along the way. But I guess the through line for that is I've always been really interested in psychology and what makes us tick, you know, what makes us behave in certain ways. And, and I guess I'm driven by the desire to help people to perform at their best. I, I started out many years ago uh, as a theatre director, and so that kind of performing at their best piece was nice. kind of very fundamental to, to my role in that in that uh, in that space. And and I think also the uh, you know looking at how we convey emotions, how you know what what we say and what we do has an impact on other people. You know that's one of the key. Uh, drivers of, you know, effective theatre direction. And so uh, I, I pivoted into this industry about 20 years ago. And uh, but I think a lot of the stuff that I did in that space is still very, very relevant to what I do, uh, you know, in optimized talent. And I, you know, I've been running another business uh, for uh, five years or so before we founded our optimized talent. And that business was focused on uh, using using psychology and uh, and technology really to affect change at scale, and uh, uh, Gideon, my business partner, a couple of years ago, and we've been in uh, in conversation for a while around you know how could we work together and what what, what how do, how do our, you know our different skill sets into the mix, and uh, and Gideon's background is in coaching and you know and his, his driving force around kind of creating this coaching platform that enables organizations to deliver change at scale. And so there was a very, very clearly a, a, a sweet spot between what we do, because I think, you know, in terms of 
the development space in that 20 years of having worked in it, sometimes client side, sometimes, you know, as a consultant, uh, you know, one of the things that you see again and again is just how difficult it is for, you know, learning to have the kind of impact that it really needs and deserves when people go back to their day jobs. You know, it's all too easy for people to go and have a lovely time on a, on a training program. Um, but mm. actually, how much of that do they take and how much of that do they really start to integrate into their day-to-day behaviors? And so, the, you know, I think by enabling, by, by providing coaching and, and other mechanisms, uh, you know, just using nudge theory, for example, is, um, you know, it, it does enable uh, us to offer a different level of support in terms of that learning transfer piece. So that's what created Optimized Talent, really. You know, it's those two uh, different angles coming together. It just really gives us the opportunity to affect, uh, you know, to, well, to impact clients in different ways, but to really kind of turn up the volume on that affecting change at scale. And then, yeah, make it stick. Um, so what exactly do you guys do and for whom? Well, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, I, I'm kind of passionate about the, the connection between uh, human uh, human potential well-being and organizational success and i think there's an intrinsic link between each of those things so we ultimately you know enable people to be at their best so teams and organizations can flourish you know, part of our work is, uh, is around that kind of consultancy piece so uh we, we will go in and, and and work with people within the organization to really flesh out what some of their what some of their challenges are how and how we can help them move towards their goals and that might take the form of facilitation it might take the form of coaching it might take the form of you know a series of training programs you know rolled out wherever and whenever they need another arm of the business is the coaching on demand platform which is uh, you know what enables coaching to the organization to benefit from to benefit from that kind of coaching at scale but coaching in a way that is much more measurable uh, and much more accessible and more affordable for organizations typically that coaching piece sits uh, you know within the kind of c-suite very senior levels of an organization and i really believe in the de- democratization of learning and i think uh, there's so much benefit to giving pe- people coaching earlier on in their careers to help them to uh, uh work with their teams better to collaborate better to innovate better whatever they need really but there's a you know that kind of hands-on support as and when they need it i think is really really important and and as i say really feeds that learning transfer piece um who do we work with uh we are sector agnostic you know we work with many many different sizes and types of organizations you know so from um Engineering clients, big uh, uh, to Coca-Cola or Sky, ITV, and lots of lots of people in the in the kind of creative industries, uh, banking clients. And ultimately, you know, we can support any organisation that employs people. You know, the kind of stuff that we do, uh, you know, is uh, you know is, is very much on that. How do we relate to each other, and how do we maximise the value of the interactions that we have on a day-to-day basis? So with that in mind, you know, there, I don't think there are any organizations that where we, we couldn't really offer any level of support. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have that range of options available. And so you mentioned the on-demand coaching. Is that the online or virtual component that you introduced to the business? Uh, so that is certainly one of the online virtual components uh, to the business. Yes. Uh, so the, the coaching platform that we've created enables 
teaching yeah people to to um both find that find their coach and then kind of go through the entire coaching process all, all within the context of one platform uh, so it makes it a very clean and and an easy uh process for them uh, but there's other elements uh, uh in terms of what we do uh in, in the virtual online space and of course yeah. you know i think we're not the only uh, learning organisation talking about the, uh, the the need for online delivery. I think, given the the last eighteen months, you know, I think most organisations in this space have uh, had to rapidly pivot their business models to be able to offer, offer uh, more uh, online based uh, learning. And uh, I think what what's beneficial to us is you know because of our our history uh, in terms of that. Um, you know, change that sticks piece. You know, uh, uh, you know, nudge theory has always been a key element of what we do to really embed learning, and part of that has always been offering online support in between the face-to-face sessions. So, uh, as opposed to a lot of organisations that were primarily in that face-to-face space, you know, we already had quite a lot of experience, and uh, we know what it takes to really get people and get people engaged and get people to really open up in that space, which is, of course, what's then going to help them to make changes that are kind of relevant and uh, and personal for them. Got it. So you're you're very strong on the consulting side and the workshops and things like that. And you mentioned, obviously, with all we've been through it, the world has gone online. And so you have developed online workshops and coaching. I'm always curious, how do you take consulting, real-world work, let's say, and take it online and how do you develop them as product and service lines? How do you actually structure and work out what goes in, what is not in, and then, you know, who's the audience for those sort of things? I think it's a great question. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it really does force a reevaluation of your, your, your learning methodology. And, uh, and I think the you know, way you've all, always got to begin in this space is you know begin with the end in mind you know what are the core elements that we really need to what the uh, core dials we need to shift in order uh, for you know the, the training to have been effective um and i think uh, as you're going through that process you're you know you're you're able to group concepts group approaches in, in new ways uh, and ways that you didn't think of earlier. So there's uh, and package learning into kind of smaller bundles because of course, you know, in the, in the online space, there's no way you're going to get somebody to commit to two days back to back, you know, develop a development program. So, uh, you know, what, how, how do you then package that up into shorter, maybe two hour bundles of, uh, of learning over interventions of conversations that will, um, you, you know, incrementally help to do what you would have hoped to achieve within a, within a one-day or a two-day session. But there, I think that comes with, uh, obviously, some challenges in terms of, uh, you know, managing some of the, the housekeeping around, you know, creating the space, you know, creating the, the, uh, the right conditions for learning in that space. Um, but it also has um, a, a benefit in terms of being able to you know, drip feed information uh, into in smaller chunks. It gives people the opportunity to, to then go away and to think about it and to start to put things into practice between sessions. 
so that you know when, the, when you start the next session you can start it with a reflection of what they've taken what that, what haven't they taken what were the sticking points to that stuff happening so that it becomes a much more supportive environment for learning so there's tons, I think there's, there's lots and lots of advantages that can come out of it. But of course, you've got to get the engagement piece right. You've got to get the, the dynamics of the, uh, of the intervention right in order, in order for that to happen. Right. So how have you developed the workshops? Are they, is there a range of workshops that people can choose from or is there a, a flagship product, let's say? What have you actually come up with? Um, I think a little bit of both, to be honest with you, Ben. There's, uh, you, know, you know, certainly when the pandemic when the pandemic hit, you know, what we did initially was to look at some of the work that we had in our repertoire and look at the bits that would be most relevant for people going through what they were going through. You know, so adjusting to flexible working, lead, you know, how how to manage teams remotely. Um, you know, that kind of thing, that very kind of hands-on support as and when people were needing it, you know, and I think that, that work is still very much in demand and, and needed because, you know, organizations are struggling with it. And I think as we move into this uh, hybrid world, you know, you know, new challenges are going to be happening, you know, coming about all the time. You know, what we don't want to do is create this kind of two-tier work, workforce. You know, how do we keep hold of culture in this kind of... Uh, of you know, multi-location working. So, um, so that we were very much driven by the immediate need uh, at that point. But since then, you know, uh, you know, lots of clients have come to us and say, "Well, we need we need a piece of work on, you know, working working effectively uh, and time management." And so, you know, we, you know, we've got you know we've done a lot of this work in the past. So then we we look at okay, well, what have we got in that space and what do they need and how do we then create the kind of work that they need so there's been stuff that we've okay. put we put out there driven on you know the wider market need but then the stuff that we create bespoke to the specific needs of the client so they don't necessarily buy stuff off the shelf it's a they come to you with their problem and then you develop a program to fit that and then you know, price and sell that as a result so i mean they, they they can come and buy stuff off the shelf you know as i say the, i mean we created the four workshops on the uh, different aspects of uh you know remote working uh which oh, are yes. available you know they're there but uh, you know and which is you know and i think that they're, they're very effective workshops and of course everything that you do once you're in the conversation with people becomes bespoke right because you know you're listening to the needs of the specific people in in the group and you're shaping your approach based yeah. on on what you're hearing um but uh, and, and and i think so i think i i always struggle with this concept of off the shelf because i mean how off the shelf is off the shelf i think there always needs to be some degree of customization in this space because you know it's about individual need and you know and, and, and every every individual that comes to every session every event that we run will have their own set of needs so um so yes, you can buy stuff off the shelf, but it will still be bespoke. <laughs> no, that's that's good. And I'm always curious about how you um, get feedback or shape online courses as opposed to a workshop where you can read the room. How do you do that in an online world? I mean, I think you become quite. I mean, I think having run workshops in a in a in the real world space for uh, for twenty odd years, you know, you you do become quite adept at reading a room, and 
I think you can very much do the same thing uh, on a Zoom call, to be honest. You know, you get to see, I mean, it almost, it, it's almost easier because you get to see 15 faces at once, you know, whereas in, in, a, in a room, you're only ever really looking at one person at a time because if you try and speak to the whole group at once, you end up talking to no one. So I just saw a, a utopian or a dystopian future where there's some AI scanning the facial features of all attendees and then giving a rating live as you do the training. But that's Ooh, now you've given me another idea for a business. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you, you've attracted some wonderful clients. How do you get them? And, and what, what's advice, what advice do you have for others? I think when it comes to uh, clients, you know, it's really all about the relationship, right? You know, and I think particularly in, in, the, in, the, in this space, in the learning space, in the HR space, and because and, trust is so if you, if you want someone to, to believe in your vision for what is going to help, you know, what's going to help them to make the changes that they need to change, uh, then, uh, you know, you've got to have that really solid foundation of trust. And so a, a lot of our clients are people who have worked with them for a long period of time and you know, the relationships that we continue to nurture. And maybe, you know, at times it might go two or three years between doing, doing any particular intervention for a particular client, but we're always in each other's lives. We're, all, we're always in touch. Uh, and so, I mean, when you, when you talk about kind of business development, attracting clients, I think the biggest part of that is about managing the relationships that you've got. Because if you get that piece right, then those clients will go and talk about you to other people. And, you know, word of mouth becomes such an important element in terms of the business development. And, say, and if you get that right, then your marketing does itself. So I think you focus in on the relationships and then... You know the rest of it. Uh, you know, that will start to create a snowball uh, in terms of you know exposure, new avenues for work, etc. Now that doesn't mean that we don't yeah. do other things as well. You know, and you know in in the uh, on you know in in the social media world, you know, there's a, there's a million different channels, there's a million different ways to reach out and start to build relationships. Yeah. So, we, you know, we, we do uh, spend time doing that stuff as well. I mean, it, it, with my previous business, uh, we, we ran a quarterly uh, networking event for, uh, for our target market where we're really uh, offering a, a different take uh, or an opportunity to explore some of the challenges that are holding individuals and organizations back. And we invited people to, this, uh, to a breakfast once, uh, once a quarter and... They became very fertile spaces for people to make connections, not just with us, but with, e with each other. So they were getting to meet other peers and find out what other organizations were doing in the space. So there's a, a, a real kind of um, cross, you know, fertile space for learning and, and sharing yeah, yeah. to take place. So I think if you're offering, you know, if you've got that kind of value add, you've got that, you know, you're always kind of, you're, you're always inviting people to something. And even if people don't come to the event itself, there's ways of involving them in the, in the content, in what you're exploring, even if they're, even if they don't make it to the event. So uh, those are the kind of the, the main areas that we, that we focus on. Yeah, that makes sense. And some of the brand names you've got on your site, they're Coca-Cola and then you've got TV companies and broad, you know, Sky, ITV, these sort of things. They're not going to be attracted by a couple of posts on LinkedIn. So that's really around relationships and prior connections and then just building up the trust, as you said. Is that the way it worked for you? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, 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 we recognize the, the limitations and, and the amount of noise in the, in the LinkedIn, in the mm-hmm. Twitter space, you know, and, you know, I think we, we, uh, you know, uh, early on in the business, you know, I think we, uh, in my, sorry, my previous business, we had the, you know, we kind of, you're laboring in this illusion that you send a message out to the world and the world will come flocking to you. <laughs> uh, and you quickly realize it doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think what you, you know, you know, one of the benefits of having a previous business is you've got your opportunity to try things out. You see what works, you see what doesn't work. And so going into a new business, you know, we've managed to take a lot of the learnings from uh, past experiences and, and really kind of turn up the volume in, in terms of the effectiveness of our approach. And... Um, uh, and so, you know, you use, you know, we recognize the need to use the social media channels in a, in the right way. And, you know, so you're not going to build trust instantly in that space, but you might get people interested in coming along to a webinar, which is, gives them the opportunity to explore stuff in much the same way as the breakfast that I described earlier would do. And then from there, you know, once you've got that point of contact, then you can start to build a relationship relationship from that. So when, I guess the, the, the thing is not to ask too much of people too quickly. You know, it's a slow process and don't expect, you know, instantaneous results. Yeah. Although, I mean, you can invite them to a webinar, but I am a sucker for a free croissant. So those quarterly events sounded good, actually. <laughs> that's the, that's the one downside of the, on, of the online piece, yes. I've also had yeah. a lot of very poor quality croissants over the years. So I don't, <laughs> I don't miss those ones. Yeah, no, fair call. Now, I've been asking you sort of marketing and you know, client development sort of questions there just recently, but what's your general advice when it comes to growing a successful business in the broad HR industry? Well, I mean, I can't really speak for the broader HR piece because I mean, my experience is specifically in the organizational development and the learning and development space. But I think sure. I think a lot of the tr- a lot of the things that are true for that are also true for broader HR businesses. Um, and you know, I think I mean, there's a couple of elements that come out for me from your question. Really, I think it's um, the first is around. Uh, recognizing the depth of support that's necessary to affect change. Yeah. I think it's very easy for people, uh, you know, and when we live very busy lives, it's totally understandable why we do it, but it's, you know, it's easy for us to have items on our tick box. So we need to communicate this change in strategy and that's the line item. And then once we've sent out an email to communicate the change in strategy, we can tick that box and we never need to think about it again. <laughs> If a CEO says, right, we, well, we better run some session on diversity and inclusion. Uh, that'll be an hour on yeah. Tuesday. Right? As you say, tick the box next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've done that one. Hang on a minute. Why isn't anything changing around here? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that's the key, the key thing. And I think, um, you know, as, as budgets get slashed and, you know, everyone's trying to do less with more, uh, it's really, really hard to give people the need, the, the support that they need to make the changes that you're seeking to help you to achieve your organizational goals. And so I think uh, as we, uh, you know, as we, as we move forward, I think uh, there'll be more, uh, there'll be, there needs to be much more um, focus on the, in, on in the individual's needs 
Uh, and you know, and that's where we can leverage technology in order to be able to really start to personalize um, people's organizational experiences to, to, to enable them to make them work for them. Absolutely. So I was going to ask what you see the future holding for HR and the world of work, but um, it sounds like you've, you've already seen it coming in terms of the, the development of work and the, but any other thoughts around that and, and what you're building in your programs and your consultancy? Well, I think, you know, I think just building out from that, you know, I think, that, you know, obviously the pandemic's created a situation where individualized needs have been highlighted much more than ever. You know, there's been a lot of people have been suffering with, you know, mental health, well-being issues, uh, where, you know, whether that's from the isolation of working alone or the, having to balance, you know, family commitments in and, you know, homeschooling your children in amongst the working uh, world and levels of stress rising. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, good managers have been able to respond to that with a very personal approach and a very strong, uh, you know, one-on-one connection with each of their of their team. Um, but I think there's a lot of um, organizations that are still struggling to get that piece right. Uh, but I think, you know, the work that's happened in that space or, or is happening in that space is really healthy. You know, I think the one-size-fits-all approach has never suited anyone. But I think a lot of organizations have tried to go down that route. Well, economies of scale and, well, we haven't got, you know, we can't, we, we haven't got the time to, to, to think about all the individual implications of, of, of this change that we're seeking to make. And so I think, you know, We've learned we're learning to galvanise technology in new ways, and you know that's the goal of uh, of optimised talent as well uh, to be able to do that. But I think you know the the need to personalise these approaches to really get the return on investment that you know the, the organisations are seeking. Um, I think that's where we're heading. And I think that, you know, that kind of, that's, there's always a kind of a three level approach in that, you know, so, you know, what needs to happen organizationally, the big picture level, what needs to happen at a team level and, and what needs to happen, you know, for us as individuals, you know, what, what, what elements of our knowledge or behaviors or skill sets do we need to be able to hone in order to affect this change? And, and so, um, yeah, I think that personalization piece, you know, works both, you know, when, when you're looking at organizational design uh, and learning design, uh, but it also, you know, filters down to helping people to have that more honest conversation with themselves and about their own needs and uh, their own emotional states uh, in order to then put the right elements in place to help them to get to where they need to go absolutely and the work you guys are doing with the consultancy and the programs the coaching and so on uh it's it's contributing to a a better future that you're describing there step by step so i definitely applaud you for what you're doing if people listening to this yeah yeah absolutely if people listening to this want to learn more or refer clients or um, team up in some way what should they do next I think our website's a great place to start uh, because it gives us a a really good overview uh, of what we do, gives you some great case studies of the way that we've worked with different organizations. Uh, and as I say, the you know everything that we do is bespoke, is bespoke really. So the story always starts with a phone call. You know, it's great to I love nothing more than picking up the phone or having jumping on a Zoom just to explore some problems. You know, it, you know, 
some of the time it'll turn into a great piece of work. Some of the time we'll decide that, you know, maybe that maybe right here, right now isn't the right approach. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, what we're able to offer is that kind of opportunity to take a step back, to look at the problem from a number of different angles and to decide, you know, actually, maybe this is the right approach for us to go forward. Well, Simon, I've loved hearing about what you guys are doing and I, I wish you all the best for the future. If you're listening to this on the go, check the show notes for the link to Optimized Talent. It's Optimized UK Spelling, British Spelling, so with an S. Uh, but yeah, that, that link will be in, in the show notes. But Simon, that just leads me to say thank you very much for sharing your story and for telling us about Optimized Talent today. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Ben. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.